Hey, this is gonna be our intro music. Oh yes, a nice birth call. to five minutes, minutes with five, five women. women i'm nick crawford and i'm kaylin reeves and welcome to your podcast about the texas state university production of five women wearing the same dress by alan ball, ball. what do we have here today kaylin <gasps> well we have none other than the man that we've been waiting for the the, the michael, michael Rao. michael welcome to your own office to your own dungeon hi what was that? I didn't quite get that. Hello. One more time for those in the back. Hi. Hi, Michael. Hi. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for this having me. This is him, the real bearded man. As opposed to all the fake bearded men you've yes. been used to on this podcast. Right. Um, Michael, we just wanted to ask you a couple questions about the process and maybe about this whole machination of five women branches that you have thrown out into the world. I mean, it's been interesting because you have kind of created uh, many more products in this merchandising branch of, of five women wearing the same dress. We have this podcast, we have uh, another play that, that you asked for uh, called Five Men Wearing the Same Suit. And it, I think it, it would seem to, uh, to a, a layman walking by, this, this isn't just a, a production of this old play, but it's, it's a lot more, which seems a bit unconventional, you would say? I don't think it's so much unconventional as just like accepting that the, the way that I'm interested in making theater these days is to give multiple entryways into a show, so that it's not just what you see when you sit down right at 8 o'clock on a Thursday mm -hmm. night, but instead, um, if you are interested in the process of it, how you get through to that process, um, or if you're interested in the fictional universe, if there's like another way to enjoy and be part of that fictional world, mm -hmm. or if you're interested in immersion, like with what we're doing with the lobby, where you're going to walk through a wedding reception, mm -hmm. that like that can be part of it. Too. Um, and I think that like different sort of like time shifting how people experience the things so that like podcasts can be listened to pre-show or like post-show mm -hmm. or like five years from now or, you know, that kind of thing mm -hmm. um, versus like the immediacy of the one live event that is a transient thing that then disappears um, and can never be truly experienced again, even if we do like record it in some way. Mm -hmm. And so... I think finding different ways to explore, uh, to let people experience some aspect of it in the way that, like, there's that parable about blind men touching an elephant that, like, they can only, one of them is touching the trunk and one of them is touching the leg and one of them is touching, like, the ear. And I saw they're a each documentary about that. Describing... <laughs> different aspects of the elephant uh -huh. but neither none of them have the full picture of it yeah in the documentary they all said it was like a warm fuzzy tire 
Sorry if I just burst your analogy. <laughs> well, I think no matter what, in all of the aspects that you're going to get with this thing, they will all be warm, fuzzy tires. So, Michael. So, Kaylin. Did you have any original ideas that have now been obliterated, erased, removed? I thought about the idea that, like, all the actors learn all the parts and they switch every night or like a lottery kind of system. Um, But it didn't really like, I couldn't figure out what that would ultimately mean. And so it felt like I should just leave that on the cutting room floor. Aren't all women the same? Quote, Michael Rao. Oh my God. (laughs) Let's edit that. (laughs) I feel like that's the message that that would send. Was there anything else? Like, Well, I have an idea. Here's here's the... Can I ask you guys a question? Yeah. Yeah. Turn the tables. I've been waiting. Oh gosh. How do you guys see like the process has changed from like first rehearsal till now? I think mm, the actors are more comfortable with you. I think they were like really scared of you at first, maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're like a tall, like red bearded man. Um, can't say that enough on this podcast. We can't. We have to always mention it. <laughs> Um, I just wish I was a person. Okay, you not, like, <laughs> just like a series of like you are not beard. just your beard. <laughs> series of beard. Um, no, I think that's maybe changed as far as like the production. I mean, it's like it's became it's become a show. Like I think it's changed in the obvious ways of like we're now more solidified on what we're doing. Characters are more solidified. Pace is more solidified, etc. If I'm not sure how backstage you want to go with this answer because I also think like it's, it's been a really unique experience for a lot of the undergraduate students in this production because it has been one such a large scale as far as like population of people involved in this and then also your decision to give all of the people like the same amount of, of weight to their voice has also been unique um, and I think some people have been like this is so interesting and fun and there definitely have been people who are just like, can please everyone shut up except Michael. I think that's such an interesting tension, you know, that people struggle with of mm-hmm. like, what does it mean to op- run an open room mm-hmm. versus like the idea that the director is like the supreme artistic vision and that should be like the only voice that people hear and that actors are merely pure puppets. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's sort of a fallacy, right? That the director controls all aspects and and you know, makes, you know, is like the show is just a perfect expression of the director's vision. Mm-hmm. When really a director does nothing, a director just sits there and has conversations with people. And then those other people choose to act the role in the right way or choose to turn the lights blue or choose to, you know, build the set in a certain way. And so it's funny how there's this idea that the director has this magical, mystical power of vision, mm-hmm. um, when really a director is only responsible for like curating and like l- uh, not even necessarily leading, but like inviting his collaborators, his or her collaborators, to um, to work with him, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm trying to like undermine that mythology or that idea by letting people start to realize that like oh actually it's possible for other voices to be engaged in the room and that same thing happens where ultimately the designers the actors like whoever makes a decision but it's ultimately always theirs 
mm-hmm. but now they just have more opinions as opposed to just one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have things to say, but it's also 628. I know, this has yeah. been real, guys. Oh my god, is he just walking <laughs> out on us? I mean, I gotta go to rehearsal. We can okay. catch you after Bye, Michael. I think you got some real good stuff in there. Yeah, but we don't Bye, have Michael. openers and closers. Have you ever listened to a podcast? They don't just work like this. Editing is very hard to do, Michael. Five hours later. Well, you know what they say, listeners. If you love something, let it go to rehearsal. So we let him go. What time is it, Nick Crawford? It's 11.28 p.m. <laughs> I'm really tired. Oh, no. We're falling apart. But that's not going to keep us from doing listener questions. Listener questions. What do we have today, Nick? Today's question comes from Corey McMinn. Corey asks, what's your favorite prop or a set piece in this production? Great, great question, Corey. Great question, Corey. Way to get behind the curtain. You know what I mean? Um, I would have to say the chair. Which chair, Kaylin? The chair. Is there only one chair, Kaylin? There's only one technical chair. That's not true, Kaylin. No, it is true. No. There's a chair, a beanbag, a couch. But the beanbag only comes in there too. Spoiler. <laughs> you better cut that out. <laughs> Stop. Oh my god. Don't you people go home? And we back. Trust, trust us, we want to go home. <laughs> I know you and you messed up our now, podcast. Michael, if we can, uh, if we can finish this interview. Please. Oh my god. No, we can't do an interview. That'd be great. Um, so, Michael. Yeah. Any closing thoughts, statements, wishes, dreams, concerns? Remarks, apologies. Cha-cha cheese whiz. Stop Dear stealing god. our thing. No, but I think it's oh the thing. God. It's not the thing. It's not. Why me. can't I do your thing? Because you're not us. You're not going through what we're going through. <laughs> and, like, we're going through a lot. I can tell. Okay, bye, Michael. Great. Bye, Michael. Thanks for being a great guest. Great. Yeah, even better director, awesome. I'm sure. Best episode ever. Best. Hey, audience, thanks for listening to our best episode. This episode's not going to have a number. It's just going to be episode best. Michael. <laughs> thanks for listening. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone.